sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. And why did you? 
to be anywhere. She is my sheep with a lot of issues. To allow me to ask her why she behaved like that. You know, I think it's nice. The one that has been fixed. I mean, I feel like it's okay. So he did So we left it. But somebody else did have shared this. Then I said, No, for all you know, she is a dumbass. And she's probably frustrated about something. And then I came, no? You just happened to be in the line of fire. I didn't think that I was the cause. I think that I just happened to be in the line of fire. And she just. And then one day he said to me, This lady, she always sits at the back. And every service I see her weeping. Also manifested, it would have become World War II. But I thank God for the bit. I think it was just annoying, was the way I put my hands on her chest. It's like, come down. I didn't think about it. I think it was very annoying. <laughs> you will always have opportunity to respond. Also, to manifest that I must also be this for me too. The best will quit now. But when the people are spitting on Jesus and all that, he said, forgive them. No, no. It's not that they don't even know that what they are doing is wrong, but they don't know the implications. They don't know the spiritual significance of what they are doing. So when you make excuses, it makes it easier to have a soft answer. Oh, he's come from where he's tired. Oh, it's the stress of ministry. Oh, it's what he's going through. It's what he has to manage, you know, a whole group is it's not easy. If I put myself in those shoes, it's not easy. So that's why the person is behaving like that. So let me just give a soft answer. A soft answer. The wrath was coming, and the soft answer calmed him. Jesus, he everything. Another time, they said, Deep sea fishing. He said, Good, you deep sea fishing. I was not in the mood. You know, some mornings you just get a little feel like talking much. You like being with yourself. So I came to check and I said, Hey, you see fishing. So I walked in the bookshop at the cathedral was in the lobby. After the story went, so I went and I said, Oh, the lady, please go. What's your name? I'd like to know you. And all that. My name is this. Every time you check out this, I'm almost saying the best name by mistake. Anyway, my name is this. And I said, Okay. Have you been visiting or are you part of the church school? I've been coming for some time. She mentioned that I was home. Then maybe it would be good if you told me the ministry. Because then it would help me to know. Join which ministry? I've come and I'm home. I'm not in need of friends. Am I not coming to talk to this person with all these problems? But I didn't say anything. The grace of God got me. And again, the Holy Spirit said to me, this one is a lot of problems. See, you people have a lot of problems. You are not the cause. It's the 
Don't you see the white flag from the sky? Even go mad and behave. That's how it is. You see, so that is it. It's not the spirit. It's not you. It's something else. And I remember I asked her, oh, so where do we have the children to have? So I went to sit by her seat. Turn to each other, say this, and then Subsaki said, Beat the first lady with the nice little lady. She didn't know who I was. I wouldn't have to know who I am. I can't. So, time went on. Yeah, it's too much. 
know, they had a reception. They were giving me a real happy. I feel that I was even. But when you ask a man, it was good. It was powerful. It was great. What does that mean? I want to know. And sometimes I ask a lot of questions. My husband was saying, I wasn't there, okay? That, that's what I was told. <laughs> Really? Yeah. So when the kid, so how do you know? So did he go there? Really? So how does he come to that conclusion? Yeah. Is it based on what? Mommy, I don't know. <laughs> and you realize that? That Tommy has reached a point where it's okay. I don't know anymore. But so, uh, if you don't know, just say that you don't know. But as if uh, you, are, you are being persecuted or pushed or Because the person is asking, I don't know. Not to be frustrated if you don't know. Just say you don't know. Hallelujah. He that guards his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from trouble. That gossiping. If only you would guard your tongue and your mouth. Let us keep the God of the Holy Spirit and the power of the God your tongue. Because when you are angry and there's a parallel at home, you say things you don't mean. Divorce me. Go. I'll also divorce you. After all, I regret marrying you. Hey. And when the fish will come for counseling, Lady Pastor, he's, he's left me. She regrets marrying me. Did you say that? How much was annoying me? One lady, she came for church. She went home. She went, she went to meet another woman in the husband's bed. She was very well. So she came back to fight the sword. She couldn't be And I said, Hey, what has gone I'm beating You know, she beat her. I was glad she beat her. She beat her. She beat her. I don't have the gift, but somebody will be there for me. It's the one. As I came to bed, oh, please, oh, this. So, no, no, no. And then he was like, he came here to come marry him again. No, no, no. So, we all that time know is that they are divorced and spoken. When we came to the Kodesh, Kodesh recently, then she saw me like, Even the rest of the uh, uh, variations, 
we are creative with the insults and imaginative. He that guards his tongue and his mouth keeps his soul from trouble. Because afterwards, when you want to mop up the busyness, it becomes more work than if just a softness. More work, more damage on control. Sometimes the damage is the Sometimes you go and talk to the wrong people in your life. Don't talk to your mother. This one of mine, he's bad, he's bad, he's done this, he's done that. So your mother will not forgive the man. But the man has forgiven. my daughter, that he's just So even when the man has repented and changed, your mother's heart is turned. If we guarded our mouths and our the church of God would progress. But we are always having discussions, even things we haven't seen, we say we've seen. Things that our imagination we say is real. Somebody said, one lady is asking, said to what happened? I want to ask you a clear question, clear question. Are you in love with this lady person, this other lady person? Hallelujah. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, 
But the Bible said, through much tribulation, we must enter the kingdom. Through it. Through it. And the Bible says, in all these things, we are more, not around them, but in all in them, we are more than conquerors. So we are supposed to fight. It's not a lying down. You see, the Bible says, therefore, put on the whole armor of God. And I was saying in Tamil, some of us, we are not putting on the armor of God. We are born in this model. Some of us have taken sports equipment. Some of you have worn mama, but armor, we don't have any. You are not ready for a fight at all. You are leading your social life. You are going for athletics. You are doing other things. But the real fight that the believer is supposed to fight. And for when I say fight, you say, hey, are we in the fight? I don't know what it is. Because there's no opposition. There's no pressure to press in to become anything that God wants you to. A fool speaks all his feelings, but a wise man holds them in so afterwards. Amen. Proverbs 23, it is an honor for a man to cease from strife, but every fool will be meddling. It is an honor for a man to cease from strife, but every fool will be meddling. You see, meddling means still toying with the thing, involved with the issue, meddling, working around it, touching it, you know, you are not leaving it alone. And that's what meddles up. You're always mixing the issue in everything that you do. It is an honor for a man to see some strife, but every fool will be meddling. The Bible says that the beginning of contention is like the letting out of water. And that you should see some strife before it becomes a dam. You see, water starts, we want the best way to be flooded. It starts slowly. And before you know, you don't know the flooded water. It starts slowly. You see that every contention has a beginning. When it's beginning, it looks cool. Let's like, oh, just what I just write. What I just write. The beginning of contention is like, you know, what I just come in, but afterwards, it comes in down. It swallows us up. It drowns us. It says, therefore, cease from contention. That's what I say. It's an honor for a man to cease from strife, but a fool will still be meddling. You see, you see, you have to by the results of what you are discussing, the point you are trying to drive home, what you are trying to achieve, judge by the results of this thing. It's not going in the right direction. Although I'm trying to get understanding, I'm trying to let the thing go. The more I say, the more I see it's going in the opposite direction. It is now time to cease. Cease from. But in many homes, you see it's over an issue for just a while. And then you revisit it again. You are like the yeah, Israeli and Palestinians. Every time you are signing these signs, but it doesn't work. But to cease from striking, strike here, cease. I'm not here because as I've started, I've seen that the beginning of strife is coming like a dam, and the thing is beginning to now overwhelm me. And at a point, it's obsessed you. You become like a mad person. Every day, the person that's passed through that scene. Every day, the person, so you never see anything good because you have become fixated with this one thing. 
It is a king's glory to defer his anger. To defer means to postpone. And not everything is happening on your anger. Postpone it. Postpone the anger like today. I don't have energy. I don't have zeal. And you recall, by the way, when you get so angry, so wet up, you are the one destroying your body. Because anger affects your heart. It produces stress, heart disease, and all these problems. And the person you are angry with may be easy sailing by. One person's wife told me that an issue came to the house and they could be about this thing. It's about two years. Every day, every day, when they have to say, we do something. This day is not even about us. It's about somebody and our opinion about what is happening in the body of Christ. I'm telling you that the two people involved are saying, it's too early. Let's go to bed. It's not worth it. She said it was them that it hit me. But it's true. Days and days and days, and I should talk to him for having opinion. Like he has, and you know how you also believe this. Being a believer, somebody's might have told you that was the. But now it has become a rift in your home, and you don't even sleep. So why hasn't brought the sanity that my sister? What do you think the people are doing now? They are so weak. Why sit we here and perish? Many times when you look at issues, you see that sometimes you can fall over and change your mind. It has nothing to do with the marriage or the home. So this one, I'm going to change it from the why should you change it? Every day you change it. I know I agree that dream me and having nice to be you. And lots of our prayers are necessary. And not lots of them don't solve anything. Those of you who are solution oriented, you have to fix everything. Proverbs 15, verse 3. Before honor is humility. Before honor is humility. It takes humility to say, I'm sorry. It takes humility to say, I was wrong. One pastor's wife told me, I said, my husband, whenever I apologize, the whole world is revisiting. You are sorry, really, for what? For what happened? What happened? Oh, I think that the way I spoke, how did you speak? Oh, I thought that I spoke with, and you didn't know that you were being rude when you were speaking. So she said, I look, all these places, so I will know it is I will not even go there. So that I said, I know. Humility. Humility. If I take the whole thing, I don't think it's going to be all that. I just want to express my sorrow and disappointment and what I did or my apology. And they both had to do the accident. One of them told me, I'm not as it As soon as she says, I'm sorry, he runs and he sits on it, a white chair, and they are living room. And then he crosses his legs. For what? 
has to go and visit. So I was surprised. Oh, the pastor's wife in this church, and she told me, one day, as I visited to her, but if you say you are sorry, then kneel down. So she said such a thing. Do you think I'll apologize again? I won't. I'll just kiss my head and say, oh. Then tell your husband's pastor to advise him. Because God, you see, that the prodigal son, when his father saw him, and he went wild away, he ran to me. When you see that there was he also ran to meet the person somewhere in the journey. Hallelujah! Before you, some people are angry at me, before humility comes honor. And before honor comes humility, amen. It takes humility to have a soft answer, to say ceasefire, to defray your anger, to overlook a transgression. It all takes. Amen. Matthew 21 says about Jesus being reviled, he reviled not. When he suffered, he didn't do what? Are you there? 21. Matthew 21. He threatened not. Be reviled, he reviled not. When he suffered, he threatened not. But committed himself to him who judges faithfully. The reason why contentious and things are so many are that when you are reviled, you revile again. When you suffer, you threaten it. If you do this again, what will happen? But our master, being reviled, untreated, insulted, reviled not again. When he suffered, it's when you suffer that we see what is in him. It's when you are squeezed that we see whether you are apple juice, pineapple juice, or orange juice. Amen. But when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. How to let how to leave things with God. How to let God fight. You see, that's why the Bible has to tell us the battle is the Lord's and not yours, because we like taking our battles at our mouths. And we think that any battle that concerns me is mine. No. Any battle that concerns me, you have to check it. And he says, The Lord is my shield. I shall not be He says, Be still and know that I'm God. Why? Because most of you are always in motion. So if it's stillness, right? You are not used to it. Be still. So, be still. Be still. It's doing you. You cannot be still. The stillness is a major temptation for you. Still. Still with your mouth. Still with your tongue. Still with your body language. Still with your hands. I was asked this question. What do you do? I don't. You want me to speak to you that? Listen, you the woman you said, and he doesn't say, I don't. That's what you like to say. And he's very delicious. Amen. But God has to give us all these things. The battle is mine and not yours. Because we are not even in the army. That fight for you, but every time you go and release the job, and God has trust you to leave this thing. The battle is not yours. He could have said, The battle is mine. But he didn't say this. The battle is not yours. Because every time you are putting your name on the various battles, you have given ownership of battles that are not your own. And of battles that you will lose. 
you will lose play and lose everything. He says the battle is mine and it is yours. Hallelujah. Committed himself to him. Judges him. Allow God to fight for you. Because when you fight for you, the fight is doesn't have other things with it. Many times God has fought for you. You don't have to say lots. You don't have to fight a lot. God himself will fight for you. And the people will come and say, Very much that you remember it. But if you take the fight upon yourself, hey, you are in the ring. I'm coming away from me. I'm changing. Become something else. But this is commendable if because of conscience toward God, one endures suffering wrongfully. That's what I talked about. He just said, first Peter 2 19, if you suffer for doing what is right, blessed are you. If you sometimes you are right, but you suffer because you are right. You are right, but you suffer as if you are wrong too. It is all part of God's pruning us and making us more like Him. There's nothing that Jesus did or didn't do that He has us to do it. So we have a faithful high priest who has done all that He says that we should do. And He will ask, He will help us to become what He wants us to be. Always ask God for forgiveness. And do not take to heart everything people say. The Bible says, if you listen to your servant all the time, you hear him, guess who? And some of you, you always want to listen. We hear anything in your house. What's the house girl say? What's the house boy say? Let me look at my husband's phone. What are they saying? What are they? You are worried yourself. Adding more things to your life. So they say, where are they going? Where? Look, God who sees. And God, whom all things are laid bare, is the one who should fight your battles. He is the one you should enlist on your army. Hallelujah. But we take everything to heart. It says that if you take everything to heart, I hear you in your servant. Yes, And many things you are better off not hearing. You are better off just living your life. And if God wants to fight about it, you will fight about it. Big time. Hallelujah. So stop.
grace. The flesh is used to criticism. The devil is used to condemnation. But in Christ, there's therefore now no condemnation. To them that are in Christ Jesus. Sometimes we ourselves condemn ourselves so much. We can't even rise up to even face God or face other people. And we meditate on what is wrong with us. And we believe that there's nothing good about us. And as a man thinketh, so is he. Anyone who criticizes people a lot usually does not to love himself. And it's just a transmission of what is within him. Hallelujah. And so we have to start by healing ourselves inside. And when we feel good about ourselves and what Christ has done, we will easily say to somebody, You look nice. Your dress is nice. I like the way you are. Your, your niceness challenges me. Your, this is an inspiration. But when you are not happy about yourself, when the person is fine, it accentuates your wickedness. You don't want to know. So yes, you want me to. She thinks, but she does not think you think. She thinks she's very cute. You know she's cute. You know she has not said anything. You know. It's troubling you. Because when you look at cuteness in yourself, you are fine. And the more you look at it, the more you see the distance. And whatever you criticize doesn't come to you. But what you praise comes to you. I am not saying that the men in your lives are perfect. But don't wait for a funeral before you come and be the tribute. You were a loving husband. You cared for our children. You paid school fees. You took them for piano lessons. You did the other one you don't remember now. When he dies, when he's alive, you remember you brought only a clock. When he dies... Remember all the things. And I said in my tribute to Mrs. Sadie that no one that's not only a death, that's just going to realize all this what mommy thought about me. All this what mommy thought about me. Because I always try to tell my friends, especially on their birthdays, that I'm not very grateful. You are an encouragement to me. I tell I love you. You know, express what you mean. But it's not a when it's possible. She was a great woman. Oh, she really blessed me, or she never knew me. You never expressed it. Words don't cost anything. Presents, parcels, money, they cost something. Words don't cost anything. One lady told me she sent a present to her sister and said that it's not what the, the present doesn't matter, but it's the heart. The sister sent a message by the present also matters. Amen. The Bible says that as refining what to sell money, so is the man to his grace. When somebody says refining pot, it gets shinier and shinier. And it's saying that when you put a man in that pot of grace, you want to please him more. He wants to do what is right. But the challenge is the familiarity, the humanity of the man in your life, and all that you look at all that I say, I don't see anything in I just want to close no point to also praise you, but some of you say, but he never praises me. Why should I praise him? The Bible says, what you sow will be. It says, sowing, the harvest will come. The harvest will come. God knows how that harvest will come. Hallelujah. So praise him. When he dresses and he's going, even if you forgot it, send him a text, you look good today. You look good. Amen. But some of you don't even know what color shirt you are I don't know. You don't know his wardrobe. All his color is torn. It's none of your business. 
But the virtuous woman, her husband is not in the gates because of him. Hallelujah. And you are busy, busy, body about other people's husbands and other guys in the church. Oh, why don't you do this? Oh, let me care for you. Oh, what? But your own vineyard, you are not kept. That's what Psalms of Solomon says. My own vineyard have kept, but I'm busy caring for other vineyards. Things you see in your husband. And as you go home, he 
decide that you are going to tell you of your stage. Some people are already laughing to shreds. You will list ten good things. And if you can't picture him dead, you will see the things that you will remember. Even the mosquitoes he kills around you. If it doesn't bring money, it's still a blessing. Man! So, Lady Pastor, he's too late, but that is why you have a same rate in life, a same pace. Otherwise, if we were to follow you, everything you can do is right. We also need to do this. So, his man says, she always used to tell her husband, as for you, when you want to do something, Jesus will come before you do it. Because she's choleric. Husband is laid back. You know, the husband also said that you two are always facing towards what I do. So she says that now she sees that she's like a horse. She wants to go and charge. And then God gives her aid to hold her back a little That's why opposites attract. The fast ones are attracted to the slow ones. <laughs> we slow their pace down a bit. So look for ten things. We have done this exercise before. Mind you, remember, some people said they don't have anything to write. Somebody said, I only know two, I only know one. Please, ten things I want to praise or I can praise about my husband. Ten only. Usually there should be twenty, but ten. Ten should be enough. If I told you ten things you don't like, you will write forty. Things. I'll also give a break for some question and answer time. And then we'll continue from there. God bless you. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Hewitt Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi. Or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Hewitt Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.